I'm Liz. And I'm Emily. Welcome to our podcast, Smut and Swear Words. Holy shit. <laughs> no, no, like we're actually doing it. Like We are like, actually doing it. Like yeah. we're actually fucking recording this thing. We've been talking about it for like over a month now. We've talked about doing a podcast for like even longer than that. Years, probably. I just don't know if I ever thought it was going to be around smutty books. <laughs> but I think. But are you surprised? Because I am not. Like, no. We went back in time and told our past selves in a few months or in a few years, you're going to do a a podcast about smutty books. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I'd be like, yeah, that 100% makes sense. I think in my head, if I was like originally going to think like a podcast I'd do, it'd be like, mythology, let's talk about true crime. But like the true crime space is kind of, it's full and it's got its places. And mythology, I'm just a nerd. So like, it's a, it's a different beast. I feel like this surprises me. Not at all. Because all I do is read smutty books and i scroll on tiktok all day long and all we do is talk to each other about smutty books exactly so this makes total sense so we've got our first book <laughs> we scoured tiktok as we normally do so this didn't really like change much for us in all reality no, it really didn't and what we landed on we were trying to think what is going to be a great first popular smutty book talk recommendation is probably one of the slowest burns I've ever read. <laughs> I can't even call this smutty book. I'm pretty sure the text that I got from you when I said, oh, yeah, it's a slow burn was, bitch, it's glacial. Like, <laughs> literally, the slowest thing. Like, we're carving out lakes over here slow. But I really like it. I really, really like it. And just to, to, obviously, we haven't even said what the title of the book is yet, but you would have seen it in the title of the episode, is The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. So the description holds well, a lot of problems. <laughs> it's when a fake relationship between scientists meet the irresistible force of attraction. It throws one woman's carefully calculated theories on love into chaos. As a third-year PhD candidate, Olive Smith doesn't believe in lasting romantic relationships, which makes you think one night stands. It is not true. But her best friend does, and that's what got her into this situation, convincing Anne that Olive is dating and well on her way to a happily ever after was always going to take more than hand-waving Jedi mind tricks. Scientists require proof. So like any self-respecting biologist, Olive panics and kisses the first man she sees. That man is none other than Adam Carlson, a young hotshot professor and well-known ass, which is why Olive is positively floored when Stanford's reigning lab tyrant agrees to keep her charade a secret and be her fake boyfriend. And when a big science conference goes haywire, putting Olive's career on the Bunsen burner, Adam surprises her again with his unyielding support and even more unyielding six-pack abs. Suddenly, their little experiment feels dangerously close to combustion, and Olive discovers that the only thing more complicated than a hypothesis on love is putting her own heart under the microscope. So I do want to include for those listening, because we're going to make sure, like if we're talking about smutty books in general, we are going to eventually be touching on topics that can be triggers for people. So we will make sure to include 
trigger warnings throughout each of our episodes. So for this one, we do have a trigger warning for sexual harassment. And just to keep that in mind, and we will obviously be having a spoiler alert because we are talking about this book. And I will say already, I don't like your tone when discussing this book because I fucking love it. (laughs) It was so, like... I'm going to get really angry with you in a second. You are. Because honestly, I don't... This is not a smut book to me. This is like a cutesy little romance with one sexy scene thrown in. Listen, the description for us for a smutty book is anything that contains sex. But it is, it is like, like you said, it is a very slow burn. But for somebody who so much just fucking loves and idolizes Pride and Prejudice and fucking hand touches and nice like grips and shit... This was full of that for me. Oh, it was fantastic. No, it was fantastic for the buildup, the flirt, the tension. Oh, and tension was, was great. great. Ooh. Did I want to wait until the back third of the book for my spicy scene? No, no, I, I will listen. I think that they had other opportunities to include more, but for they the- had so many opportunities. But. The humor was fucking hysterical. It was the humor very smart and wonderful and had me actually like chuckling that my husband thought I was just insane half the time. And the characters were so well done. Maybe I'm just at this point, maybe I've read too much smut, but like I honestly got more excited <laughs> by like the sexual tension buildup than like and when I finally got to the the sexy times and like the really like the just the ooh that was really good for me. I was fine. Okay, but it was so like vanilla even when we got to the spice. It's but that's fine. That can be that's a it just remains okay. okay. cover very much fits the content of the book. It was like so cute and adorable. And before I get into specific scenes, mm-hmm. just the entire book was just like throwing like paper heart confetti at you it, i will say it was like i looked forward to reading this book like i like absorbed it because it was just like the entire time a massive serotonin boost for me of just like i know when i turn the next page they're going to say something that's going to be just like oh that's really cute or like oh this is really oh. sweet or like oh that's really fucking the funny or entire just entire time i was just like oh adorable oh cute i don't want to say oh cute when i'm reading my sweat book i want to be like oh my god that's super hot I mean, it was super hot. (laughs) (laughs) He was super hot. Look, I think, and I'll just, I'll give it this. I think the descriptions overall, I think the sexual attention piece of it. Yes, it's not when you're thinking about a, like, your idea of a really traditional, like, sex-filled smutty book. If I'm going to rate it on a scale of one to five, it is a one. It's, It's totally a one. But... I don't mind it because the plot. So the plot, even though like it could be like such like a basic plot point for me, how it's done and the characters that surround like this world that she's built are so good that I'd reread this in a heartbeat. It's so good. I would not reread this. (gasps) This would not be a reread for me. No. I enjoyed reading it through. I think the spice was like a two for me. I wouldn't go all the way to a one because it is there. It's a good chapter. It's really good. And the low burn aspect of it is great. Mm-hmm. The tension, the buildup, all great. The plot was like a four for me. Yeah. So overall for me, the book's like a three. Oh, really? Yeah. To me, it's a solid like 4.5, honestly. I'd so reread this in a heartbeat. It's so good. I just, 
got to the point where I was screaming at her because she started annoying me so much. Oh, well, like, here's, okay, listen, I feel that way with almost every single FMC <laughs> when I'm reading a book where I'm just like, you're not this dumb. You're not, like, you are a very smart, like, person. But, like, this is one of those things where this character, I think, was book smarts over emotional smarts, emotional maturity. But I think that it, the where it la- is lacking with that, though, is that it would set all these things up but instead of like leaving the reader in suspense, you're like, well, obviously it's this. Why doesn't she just do that? Which is why I don't think I could reread it again. Oh, no, I'd totally reread it again. All right. So let's get into some specifics, though. So if you haven't read the book and you want to, obviously, Emily and I have varying opinions on this. I suggest you read it anyway. So regardless of like whatever we say, I think it's a good beginner smut book. If you're just getting into some spicy content, kind of want to see what it's about, but don't want to dive like headfirst into mafia romances where it's going to be completely different. Yeah, that's going to be way more trigger warnings than this one. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good like training wheel smut book. With its cutesy little cartoon covered. I don't like, again, I don't like the tone you're taking. I love this book so much. I don't want Allie to hate me. So I'm going to need you to tone it back a bit. It's not I, bad. Here's, okay, but again, here's my argument is that I think I have consumed and will say that the panorama did so much for me as far as my like uptick in consumption of like smutty genre level books and TikTok in general. Because yeah, I, again, I think it took some of the taboo away from the subject of reading this type of Oh, 100% content. Um, I get excited a lot more in multiple ways when it's not just spam. They're fucking on the first page. No, they're like in love with each other immediately, which I'll say with how this book is like, sure, he did basically fall for her immediately immediately. in the prologue. I will say in like a way that's like you fell in love with this woman because she was dumb and wore expired contact lenses that like. It cracks me off a little bit. Like, I was like, you're not, again, you're supposed to be so smart. And this is such a dumb thing to do, <laughs> but is what it is. I just, all right, let's, let's talk about the prologue. Since okay. we're there, mm-hmm. let's start at the beginning of the book. Yeah. So a couple of issues I have with the prologue is that one, it gives it right away immediately that that person is Adam. Like immediately. I was like, oh. This is Adam. This is her maid love interest. Done. But again, like, I guess I in my, like, thing, I'm like, yeah, that's like how all these fucking work. Anytime you meet, like, the most chiseled of the men and everything, it's like, look at this big, dark shadow. I'm like, oh, well, that's but who it is. And it or, me. or it's, like, who they're setting up for, like, a series book that, like, oh, that's going to be another interest later on. If they're taking the time to, like, add the, like, of course, this is going to be. But it annoyed me that it took her so long and then they never addressed it. I don't think that's realistic. I don't like it when stories do that where they both know, like, that was the person in the bathroom, mm-hmm. but never addressed it. I didn't think the reasoning there was good enough. I'm trying to remember what the reasoning was. Was it just that they were too, like, he he knew she, who she was, obviously, because he could see, because he wasn't wearing fucking expired contact lenses. And once she figured out it was him, I can't remember. Her, her reasoning, I get it a little bit more. Her reasoning was, well, you didn't bring it up when we first met, so I didn't think that you remembered. Cowards, cowards all around. Uh, yes, but his <laughs> reasoning was like, 
well, you didn't remember it was me and you acted like we had just met. So why didn't you be like, actually, we met in a bathroom mm-hmm. a few years ago. You were the dumb girl wearing expired fucking contact lenses. I will say, because we are definitely taking like a two polar opposite views on this book. Adam is incredibly emotionally stunted as far as people go. He's, yeah, not, 100%. he's not as empathetic to those around him. He is to her. But it's been missing some key pieces as far as being able to pick up on certain things. And if you read the end where it does have his point of view during the sexy scene, you can tell all the self-doubt that he has in himself like constantly. Yeah. So like I could see him just constantly second guessing if he should say something, if he should not say something, because I'm anxiety ridden would do the exact same fucking thing. Like how awkward that would that be? True. It just bugs me because then we spent like 80% of the book being like, that was the motherfucker in the bathroom. That mm-hmm. was the person in the bathroom. That was the person in the bathroom. Just talk about the fact that that was the person in the bathroom. Well, say, can I say just on this point too, did anywhere in the book, I feel like I I don't think I missed it. Like she it mentions multiple times throughout the book how he is the reason, this person in the bathroom is the reason that she ended up going to Stanford and working towards her PhD yeah. to begin with. And that she's like, part of why she wanted to tell was because she wanted him to know how big of an impact that he had. Yeah. Did she ever fucking tell him? No. I don't remember reading that. No. Okay. I wanted, that was one thing I was no. have this whole, like, this, this, this topic is brought up over and over and over again and it never happens. That was one thing where I was just like, yeah, no thanks. Well, that was my issue with the prologue. However, after that, the whole, like, running in the hall, like, running into each other in the hallway and then her just, like, immediately kissing him. Love. Mm-hmm. Loved that. Yeah. Bold move. I did hate, however, that after that, I feel like we didn't get as many bold moves from her unless An pushed her into that. Yeah, but I, I think they, the argument for that, too, is still the technically An pushed her into all of it. That is all that she did it in the book. Everyone place. needs a friend like An. Everyone, needs, everyone needs a goddamn friend like An. Every great scene mm-hmm. of, like, tension, like, actual sexual tension. is like, because of An. 100% is because of An. Yep. I will say the world and the characters in this are just so strong. Like you have these two friends, Ann and Malcolm, who just love her to pieces. And Malcolm is hilarious. And I will say, loved him. I want to make sure Ann is, I believe it was a Vietnamese name. So I want to make sure like we may not be pronouncing that correctly. There may be like okay. an inflection or something. I just want to make sure. Like yeah. I read Sorry it on, but I also read it as Ann, but obviously we, we could very much, be, very much be wrong. But I just... It was so cute. Their friendship was so, like, adorable. I do like that instead of, like, lying to everybody, she did tell Malcolm that it was fake. I think you almost have to in this type of story, though. I think in order for it to kind of, like, drive the plot forward in, like, mm-hmm. a natural way, yeah, it works better when there's always, like, one person outside of the couple that knows. And so also just to describe, so besides like this book, we did like highlight who like our FMC is and Adam, who in the description is super tall, super beefy <laughs> with dark hair. Secretly beefy though. Secretly beefy. Secretly hidden beefy. under all of his black Henleys because much similar to our friend Liz here, only likes to wear black. And that black is a happy color. Black is void of all colors. The argument that they actively make in this book which I just very much find enjoyable. I will say one of my favorite dynamics, it honestly doesn't even matter what the plot is, is a sunshine and a grumpy. And this is peak sunshine and grumpy. It's so good. It is. 
I love a grumpy man. But I, and I just really appreciate that while she is a sunshine character, she is a I don't give a fuck sunshine character in a way where like she is not afraid to push back against him constantly, like in their dialogues back and forth. Where like if you see somebody like in his position and like kind of the power dynamic that they're in, it could be like intimidating to say that shit. And while she has like a little bit of that, it doesn't stop her from kind of being a dick every once in a while. And what helped with that too, though, is that they made it very clear that they she does not work under him very true anyway and they made it and i will say they did make it very abundantly clear like right from the jump because that is an important distinction to make that they already had the conversation with his supervisor and yeah. got like the okay yeah they weren't even in the same department right they no were, they're both in biology but oh, they're they were in biology yeah right. his was in i think it was like computational modeling and hers is much more in like pancreatic cancer type of thing yeah it's out of the science i'm gonna be honest i just went science 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 <laughs> a lot of that <laughs> I got enough that she was like in pancreatic or researching pancreatic cancer because mm-hmm. of her mom, right? Which yeah. like heart, but yeah, called that from the get go. Though mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so suffering in her life died because of pancreatic cancer. Got it. Yeah, super sad. Very understandably motivating for her to like, yeah, jump into that career field. The other point that I did want to make about these two characters too. So, like we said, we have potentially like a, a power dynamic of well-established, very well-known scientist along with PhD students. So they have the money piece that differentiates them. They have the power piece that differentiates them. And they also have an age thing, just a tiny bit. Nothing that I think is like super inappropriate. Which I I will say like, I'm glad that they, again, to see when she was like a third year PhD Mm -hmm. candidate. So she- He's late 20s. Right. He's early 30s. 30s. So it makes it, you get that like professor student dynamic without it being inappropriate in any way. Yeah. So for clarification, I'm 30. Liz is in her late 20s. I, I'm being, I'm sorry, would you like to clarify what actually the, I am 28, but you know, I was giving you the late. Yeah. Late 20s to me, we're from 26 to 29. Yeah. I'm, I'm young. young. You're very young. I'm young too, damn it. I'm a fresh 30. You are. Thank you. I don't know. Really. Oh my God. Look, I'm not a fresh 30. Is like anything like over 35 and you're a well-established 30. I think you get to say you're in your early 30s from 31 to like 33. Okay. I'm 30. So I'm in my extremely early 30s. Then. I don't know if I'd say extremely early. I think it's just all early. It's okay. You can still be salty. <gasps> I'm still in my 20s and you're in your 30s. Okay. Whatever. That's fine. So... Again, I don't think that, like, the age gap is inappropriate in this one. That is one of those, like, tropes that, like, icky. I don't like it. It's yeah. Icky. And I don't think they, I mean, they established it, but I don't think they really play on the age gap like that much. No, but because, again, both of them, because of, like, the mutual interest that they share, the personality differences that they have, but also the fact that, like, Olive being in her late 20s, and they very much established that she is somebody who has had to mature very quickly. She, It's not like she's... She's not for for her naive moments. She's not a naive person. So it's she's dealt with a lot of shit. Don't don't raise a lot of shit. <laughs> I don't know if I would a hundred percent say she's not a naive person. I'm okay. So I will. Here's here's the thing. She's a naive person in the world of sexy and a few other things. But again, she had a difficult period in the beginning of her life with the fact that she didn't have a father figure there as an additional support and lost her mom at a very critical time in her life and then emancipated herself and had to still she found success regardless of that so yeah so you got to give her credit as a character for that oh she i mean she is very hardworking in my opinion she definitely gets credit for like 
going after what she wanted. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. She's still in her own little bubble. True. But how Allie, the author, addresses Olive and her take on like sexual interest, I think is very different from how I've seen it in a lot of other like romance smutty books. Olive almost thinks that she's asexual for a Mm -hmm. while, that she just doesn't have that type of interest with somebody. Later, she kind of thinks that maybe it's because she has a type of interest with someone she's very comfortable with. But it's the fact that she's able to discover it just it takes the right person for her to feel that way is something just totally different than what I think I'm used to reading in a lot of contents. Yeah, I did as well. I think you almost get like a sense of her being like a demisexual where mm-hmm. she is only attracted to people that she is super comfortable with and yeah. to almost have to go hand in hand. Yeah her and I think get that though with her relationship with Adam that is the nice thing about having like a slow burn yeah is that you get that really built up relationship before they have sex and he did throughout so we have like the situations with the sunscreen with having to give him a kiss after he very muscly like moves someone's broken down car out of the way and after the Hulk picked up a car and moved I think they said it was more of like pushing and like if you put a car in neutral like I could push a car if I really like put it up and do it in a tight black Henley with your muscles rippling no I wouldn't and I'd be bitching the entire time about it (laughs) but I think like I think that like there are a lot of moments that like built up that trust with the two of them that I think work oh I think their entire relationship was just building trust between the two of that to the point where they actually could share mm-hmm. with each other a lot of their like issues and their thoughts, feelings, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, 100%. I will say another thing I absolutely loved is all of the trope acknowledgments throughout oh, the book. It was. So that, again, that's the other reason why I'm like, yeah, I get that like to like, if you are an avid reader of romances, smutty content, like anything like that, it's like, oh, it's a professor and a student, like, ooh, read there, done that. And especially with the fact that it is, as far as like smut goes, very smut light. Again, when you get there, mm, love that shit. But I, I will say, it knows what it is. And so it plays oh, on that acknowledgement. Fantastic. Every, and I loved the fact that every time she would make like, a trope or like a rom-com. He wouldn't fucking get it. <laughs> he would be so lost. Because he's so just stunted in like what he's yes. aware of in like pop culture and the world around him because the joke still is that Adam's like ideal food is like celery yeah. or just plain bland spinach. Like, yeah, I mean, just... he didn't get that body by eating cheeseburgers. <laughs> I mean, he's got to get protein somewhere. He can't build <laughs> probably like protein. Blends up grilled chicken breast or something. Oh, unseasoned grilled yes. breast. Ugh, gag. I do want to jump ahead since we're talking about the tropes. When they talk about uh, sharing the hotel, oh, room, no, I had to stop myself. And during that, goes, "Oh my god, it's gonna be one bed." And she says it out loud, and he's just so he's confused. Like, no, I got two beds. He's like, "I don't under no." Like, there's two queens. No, that's it. always gonna be one bed. I. He's like, "No, lost it because I confirmed it on the itinerary. I've already seen what the room's gonna look like. No, there's always gonna be one bed." When they brought when <laughs> that comes up in the book, I was like, oh, "Okay, here we go. It's the one bed trope." Yep. And then they acknowledged it though. And then when she walks into the room, and she's like, "Huh." Too bad. I love it. It was peak humor for this book. It is so, and that's like I enjoy so much that type of story that just like 
has that cheeky like nod to like we know what we're doing here oh this yeah is, the, it's so the good humor was such a good mix of like just acknowledging those tropes and then just straight up but again like it could have been that like making that comment wouldn't have made any sense for olive to say but like it was already set up in her character that like yeah her and her roommate and her brother oh, yeah. love watching romantic comedy she knows what all these are she's like yeah. like it makes sense for her to know and adam not to know goddamn anything about any of this and that makes it even funnier that it just fits into her character so well that i'm like that oh yeah fucking hysterical and and just the fact that anytime she would like bring it up he was just so lost Mm -hmm. just was amazing and played into their like character types so well it was i loved it it was just fantastic um do we want to talk now about some of like the spicy moments we get before the big spicy chapter yeah sure all right Because we get the lap, which I love. I love the lap when, so basically they're sitting in that conference. There's no seats because it's super packed. Because fucking Tom's giving a press. Fuck you, Tom. Yeah, fuck you, Tom. God. We'll have a whole, whole, let's not get there yet. We'll have a whole discussion about Tom. Fuck you, Tom. (laughs) But fuck you, Tom. (laughs) So, and, but anyway, so, and Oz just like, well, scoot over, Olive. Just sit on your boyfriend's lap. I need a chair. Can I say, though, in this timeline, it still hasn't been that long. So no, they've this is the early part of their relationship. I know, and, like, and for on knowing, like, how Olive is in her past relationships and stuff, that's still a bold fucking move to tell your, like, friend no, but I that she love sit on her, like, her boyfriend's lap. And in, in my theory, that in Ann's mind, she's just, like, pushing olive to be like more affectionate mm-hmm. and like connect more with and adam like, i think that is what like she says later on is that like i saw how he was looking at you and how you were looking at him and it felt like, like you were holding adam yourself like in love with her the entire book yeah and basically like let's be honest he basically stalked her like yeah, a little bit higher like a, three years a little there. bit but like, we'll just ignore that part fine. yeah but, you know that's fine yeah but yeah so basically just like her like sitting on his lap and then him like gooching her to like get her into a more comfortable position i was like oh my god obsessed i'm sorry when you trust somebody and they fucking can just like move you like you weigh nothing or just like adjust you and like get you comfy and just like that like the body well, he everything pick up a truck okay again i number one that's also it wasn't was it even a truck it I was a truck okay, but next you're gonna say he picked up a fucking like van and then it's gonna be it's a school bus <laughs> it was and a then he picked up. up a whole like airplane and it's just it was a truck okay fine just it was a trip. I'm not good with details. All right. So after the lap moment, though, then we get the uh, sunscreen. <gasps> Sex. Which the sunscreen was also great. Which, can I just say that on in this moment is me. <laughs> yes. Listen, you pale motherfuckers. I will not have, we are in a whole department focused on trying to cure cancer. None of you will get melanoma. You know what the best part about that was, though? What? Then they sat in the shade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not necessary. But you know what? Screw that. SPF is required every single day. It's great for your skin. You are exposed to UV. I'm, it's fine. I'm going to. This has been a public service announcement by Emily. Wear your sunscreen. Help prevent early signs of aging. Okay, just wear your sunscreen. But yeah, so I I loved it. I I will say at this point though, we are probably what about seven chapters in. Yeah, I was dying at this point. I was like, stop giving me these little itty bit of like connection and like itty little bits of tension and not giving me anything else. 
But again, I think maybe just like how I equated this, like once I realized that I wasn't going to get dick in the first like hundred pages, <laughs> was that I'm like, oh, like I need to it, like approach this like I would because again, let's just think of like classic choice, like a Pride and Prejudice, where it is like you're very much invested in like. But I don't expect dick in Pride and Prejudice. But you at least get them like confessing to each other at the end of it in Pride and Prejudice, and they like kiss at the end, which is basically the closest you're gonna get to fucking in that one. So like exactly. this is so I expected more from this, and yet you gave it a two. So I don't know what to do <laughs> as far well, as spice the goes. actual spice in the chapter so good. is good, and then you get these like great moments of tension, mm-hmm. but then they just stop. Like there's no, I didn't feel like there was like a lead down because they're two awkward fucking people who then it's oh, like either get in and getting interrupted by Jeremy or not you, Jared. God. Jeremy's fine, but fuck you, Jeremy, because your timing's terrible. Which. On on that point, one of the pieces that I did really like about this too, in how the author has set up this book, is at the beginning of every chapter there is a hypothesis. Oh, I yeah, that impact that it like totally ties into the chapter, and they are so entertaining. I like I generally the hypotheses were very entertaining. Yeah, I'm not super cute. I'm not always into like I, I I try my best sometimes to like read like those descriptions. Sometimes authors will put like the beginning of a chapter, but like. These like caught my eye every single time. And I was just like waiting for like there because I always read the descriptions at the beginning of a chapter. Our definitions of how we appreciate books and how we read books are very different, which is why we are doing this because we have very (laughs) conflicting views sometimes. Apparently. But I like I I just absolutely loved it. So, yeah, Jeremy's timing was terrible. Everyone who kept interrupting them was terrible. But it just... I don't know. I really like Yeah, it. I literally wrote in my notes, oh, fucking Jeremy. Yeah. When they came true. into that scene and they were talking and sitting on the couch, I was just like, no, we were finally like getting somewhere mm-hmm. in their relationship. It was so annoying. And then, okay, so we're going to talk about tropes. I did get frustrated too when they did the whole, he thinks that she likes someone else and she thinks that he likes someone else. Oh, that was super irritating. I was like, no. And I'm like, I don't, I, in my head, I was like, I don't buy that Adam didn't hear the whole thing. So like you were in love with him and that you've discovered this. Also like, so I understand like his whole like insecurity and like anxiety, like that can 100% trick you to think right and believe whatever a person is telling and he has put her up on this like ridiculously high pedestal yeah. too in his like but mind. logically she started this whole thing to convince her friend to go out with Jeremy and even clearly stated to Adam I feel like at one point that like she only went out on a couple dates with Jeremy and wasn't that into it. but to but to Adam Olive is a saint who would forego any source of happiness for her friendships and like that so to him I'm sure it makes sense it was just, I was just like so frustrated and then when you get uh Adam's friend the other professor and he's like oh yeah Adam's been talking about this girl for months I don't remember Colton Holt yeah Colton Rodriguez yes yeah and and then she's like oh Holden yeah, I'm Holden yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, Holden. And she, like, I love Holden. That is some classic, he like, was French great. shit that he I like. Fan, yeah. yeah, that's like, I know way too much about you. Don't mess with me. I'm yeah. going to ruin your life in a moment. But but when he went off and was like, oh, yeah, I'm so happy he finally, like, you guys are finally together because. Ask a clarifying question. And she was just like, oh, he must be interested in some other girl in the department. But, like, she thought it was her for all of two seconds, but her brain literally, like, misfired after that and was like oh no it has to be somebody else and then that became a worry 
But again, logically, you know him. He's an asshole to everybody but you. Mm-hmm. Did you not think that maybe you were the girl that he was crushing on? I have I have no words for this section. I really don't because this was one where it I like all so about frustrating. something. It was so frustrating. Yeah. And like it I just thought at that moment when we got like Adam standing behind her, I was like, oh my God, it's finally gonna happen. They're gonna like say they have feelings for each other. And then it never happened. Very true. But they kind of like at least I don't know. I still really liked it, but it was, it did, it did go for a little bit as far as like, there were multiple opportunities for you to say something, but that's how these, I feel like tropes go. I know. And I will say, and I will say normally, normally with this type of trope, if it did this, I'd be exhausted. It'd be very hard for me to finish. But because of the fact that it was brought up because of the characters and the dialogue, the humor that, that got me where I was like, okay, I'm still very interested in reading this. And I will say in general, like slow burns are just not my favorite trope. Just. I love him so much. In general, I am not a patient person. Yeah, really? No, I'm I'm sorry. You don't know her, so I'm sure you're surprised. I'm not surprised by that whatsoever. That was so hard. Instant gratification. I'm very much aware. Always, always instant gratification. No, tension. Give me tension and build up until it, it gets too much, and then you just go for it. And then guess what? It's fucking incredible in the end. Do we want to talk about Tom? Let's talk about Tom. Because we're at Tom. So Tom fucking tom enters this story as basically the gateway to olive's future she's looking for a better lab to be able to run her samples in to be able to test basically the screening method to have early detection for pancreatic cancer using blood instead of having to do biopsies so her lab sucks her advisor is retiring so doesn't have the motivation to get new grants and has reached out to other labs that have better resources not thinking that she should ask her advisor to do it for her because her advisor again whatever but it's dumb choice she's so single-mindedly focused on her goal and she's done everything on her own the majority of her life that she's just used to handling herself so she hears back from tom benton from harvard and he agrees to come and talk to her only for her to find out that Tom and Adam are friends and they From back when they went to Harvard together. Yeah, back when they were in a PhD program together and that Tom is the reason that Adam kept going in his program and he had a just a, they have a very deep connection apparently. And to put a descriptor on Tom, he is conventionally attractive with blonde hair and light eyes, very much like the antithesis Gold, of Golden he's, Boy. He's Golden Boy, 100%. And he is the antithesis of what Adam is. And you immediately kind of get like, a, oh, he's a little too happy, happy sunshine. He's too enthusiastic about it. And he is dick. He's the worst human possible. Yeah. In this Firebar. So he has her send a bunch of like her work to him and like is very supportive in front of and by work Adam. And, like we're like her entire property data everything. Recent like and it basically just like and over her life's work. Yeah. The top. And again, he has this very I like am very supportive. I'm very interested in your work in front of Adam in particular. But you come to find out that he basically wants to control Adam in some ways because he knows that Adam is better than him. Yeah. I What I like that she did is that we get like that sprinkling of Tom's a dick when 
Holden, when the, Adam brings up the fact that Holden doesn't like Tom, which Holden, you just get all happy vibes from. You're like, I immediately like Holden. If Holden doesn't like Tom, something's wrong. Holden is like the personification of like a chocolate chip cookie. Like you just like, you just like it. He's sweet. Like, okay, what doesn't go with a chocolate chip cookie? Everything goes with a chocolate chip cookie. Except they're Tom. Chocolate chip cookies. What is Tom a pickle? Like, <laughs> you know, like, don't you shit on pickles. Pickles are delicious. Okay, but would you eat a pickle with a chocolate chip cookie? No, they're totally separate things. It, it does not mean that one of them is shit. If you're going to okay. talk about, yeah, Tom. You're right, because I like pickles. Yeah. Tom's just shit. That's I all I'm say. saying. Tom's just an asshole. So basically, they're at this conference right after you get the one bed trope acknowledgement because let's we'll we'll stay here too so basically olive has a major complex that she just doesn't think that like first up is good enough she has you know anxiety which i think a lot of people have with anything that they've put their heart and soul into that there's always kind of that imposter syndrome thing that i think that she's really facing i think and especially in a environment where it's a lot of men it's a lot of men which they point out here Time and time again, in such a good way, especially with An's character and the work that she's doing for POC scientists, women in STEM, stuff like that, where she and very much is doing that. You get that from the author's background. Though, mm-hmm. She was in that environment. Yeah. She knows what it's like. Yeah. So I think it's good that we get to see that throughout the book. And it's done in a really smart way that yep. it's not like a main focus, but it's always there. Yeah. And also, if we're talking about, like, the friends, too, and, like, some of the other perspectives that she pulls in, Malcolm is, is he bisexual or is he gay? I couldn't, like, I couldn't 100% tell. Mm -hmm. Spoiler, in the end, he gets with Holden. I love everything about it. Love them together. They're fantastic. Which is great, especially because of the fact that Malcolm hates Adam because Adam tore him a new one on one of his research papers. And in the end, they are like, oh, we have more in common than we thought we did. So, like, maybe we could be friends. And it makes sense. But yeah, so we get that whole like context of her being very self-conscious and unsure about her work and if she's really good enough to be there. And she gets asked to do a talk Mm -hmm. on her research, which in comparison to the other PhD students, they just have posters that they present and she's giving a full presentation in front of an audience, which is a huge deal. Oh, for her in particular, because she has public speaking fear. She just not even just public speaking fear. She's afraid of talking to anybody about her stuff. She gets stuttery, sweaty. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So and that's brought up like throughout the book again, too. So you get like when you're at that point, you understand why it's such a big deal. And basically, Adam couldn't be at the top because he was the keynote speaker, which I love that he was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot to bring it up that, you know, I'm just the keynote speaker at this big conference. And so she gives the talk. She's recording it, though, for her advisor because her advisor can't make it and wants a recording of which the is brought up. Multiple times. Okay, so she's recording it for her advisor. After her talk, which goes pretty well, like she makes like a stumble, but I think she makes like a joke out of it. Yeah, but everybody has a stumble. Yeah, it it goes well. She does. She has a very good job and is complimented by everybody else on the panel that she's in that she did very good and they find her and her research to be very fascinating. Yes, her research is really good, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, Tom comes up to her afterwards. A few times. The room is like cleared out and he goes up to her. And this is where the trigger warning comes in of sexual harassment. He basically tells her, like, when you come and work with me, I'm basically only interested in you for sex. And 
you're not actually good enough. The only like, reason you've gotten any of this is because you're dating Adam. Yeah. And, and I you know made you... the right choice by fucking Adam. Yeah. If that's how you're going to get an egg. Or I know that you wore that dress so you could show your legs to me yeah. and tries to force a kiss on her a couple of times, which she gets away from. But it's just so gross and uncomfortable. And oh, and he also threatens to steal her work. That, that's the other thing. So it is he... Yeah, he sexually harasses her, tries to sexually assault her because she is not consenting whatsoever, and then tells her that she is mediocre at best and just basically shits on all of her biggest insecurities and says that if you don't come and work with me, if you decide that, number one, Adam's never going to believe you, if you don't come and work with me, I'm going to take all of your stuff and it's going to be mine and no one's going to know what you did. And basically was like, oh, I've been friends with Adam forever, so he's going to listen to me and he's not going to listen to you. You're basically just a piece of ass. Yep, and he's going to get bored with you, so you might as well move on to the next thing type of situation. So, again, fuck you, Tom. Fuck you, Tom. Yep, which again, I the sad truth is, is that I'm sure that many a woman has been in that situation where someone has tried to take advantage of the hard work that they've done, and that absolutely breaks my heart. But I will say... So Olive goes back to her room, is absolutely distraught and sobbing over it because this is somebody to her that she had finally gotten like recognition and approval of. He had said that she could come and work. He's very well respected. He's very well respected, but you find out that like it's kind of fake how he's respected because he went into an already well-established lab. Like he didn't like do any of this on his own. No, he basically just took over a lab that was already running well and kept it running. Exactly. So he's... Whatever. So it's not, again, he doesn't have the accomplishments really that Adam has, who, note, Adam offers that he's the keynote speaker while Tom is stuck in the panel with a PhD student and then others in the field that are focusing on pancreatic cancer. So she goes back to the hotel room and is absolutely distraught and just sobbing her eyes out because all this, everything that she's worked towards, she feels like it was nothing and that everything she's done doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And Um, at, at this point, she's just like, I don't know how to proceed. Yeah. So... Adam's wonderful, sees that she's upset. She says nothing to him, blah, blah, blah. They go out on like a really nice date where they're enjoying each other. He gives her the space that she needs to not have to talk about it because sometimes when stuff like that happens, you just need to compartmentalize and just focus on getting yourself back to a safe space. And it and eating just... sushi from a conveyor belt. And eating sushi from a conveyor belt, which, oh my God, there's a new one near us and I want to go and do it. <laughs> but uh, I... Again, he handles it really well. And now we are getting closer and closer to the spice finally. We, I think, are finally at the spice. We are. For reference, mm-hmm. spice happens in chapter 16 of the book. That's page 261. Yeah. We get no, we get, I'm sorry, we get two kisses before 261. But we get all of the buildup. For starters, I wrote, thank God for chapter 16. <laughs> Uh, in my notes, because it it definitely it it was needed, especially I will say after having that heavy like uh, chapter with Tom, mm-hmm. it's nice that you kind of you go back into that light where they go get sushi on the conveyor belt and then go into that very like endearing almost begin with yeah like sexual encounter with her and Ada yeah and it does it it very much starts with basically like him being like holy crap you're so fight he can't even like use his fingers properly yeah which only led me to question how big his hands 
Honestly, well, if he's, yeah, if he's a tall dude, he's probably got massive hands. Like, but I was like, really? Yeah. But so it does. It does start where like she does. It's the classic like, oh, well, now we're all gross as we've been walking. I'm going to go take a shower. But I forgot to pack my pajamas. Oh, yeah. What am I going to wear? And then he's <laughs> yeah, like, they're a t-shirt. Well, I've got this very, I've got this black t-shirt you can wear that has to say like science nerd or something adorable on it. Yeah. Well, he was on. Yeah. And so, of course, she comes out and it goes down to mid-thigh and it just does Wait, something don't for it about her knee-high socks oh yeah and she's wearing knee-high socks because that's everything yeah and uh yeah so they start out where they're you know messing around and everything and i will say the part of like in this book that is just so good is the talking back and forth it is like like not like filthy but like yeah, but filthy. oh it totally it 100 percent is phrase pay mm-hmm. he is just like doting on her throughout this entire interaction yeah it was great yeah fantastic especially for somebody who's not comfortable with sex having the reassurance the entire time what a great like interaction yeah it was great and i think it makes a lot of sense later too when you find out that he's basically been in love with her this whole time like he's basically just like oh my god i can't believe half a day oh yeah and just like fawning his whole world is blown just like his dick is about to be yeah yeah so it is that they do start out so they try to do like fingering stuff in the beginning but she's a little too tight and not like as comfortable and so then of course he does oral and just eats her out like a man star we love a giver we love a giver so and he does he just doesn't that he makes it very clear he does not want to ever stop that she is oh. the best thing that he's like ever tasted. <laughs> which so, is and, how it should be. Which is how it should be. And that she, again, is realizing, oh, I actually really do enjoy sex when it is with Adam. So it is. I would too. Yeah, right. It's very nice. So they do end up. I'm trying to think of what what's the next section at that point. After is, I think is that that's when she offers to like go down on him. And he's mm-hmm. basically just like, no, I just want like to please you pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then I think after that, then, oh, yeah, then he asks, can I fuck you? Oh, yeah. And then they basically. Which I will say, I don't always find it sexy when someone like asks if they can, which again, but I will like make sure you have consent. Consent is important. I don't always find it like super attractive when they're just like, can I fuck you? But like in this moment, I, was I feel like, like, yes, especially as he's fingering for and he's asking, can I fuck you now? Yeah. I love that. Oh, that. Like, well, that, yeah, because that's super hot. Because again, and it's just like this. Yeah, this is she's already very enthusiastically and actively consented. And like they're in like the middle of like her absolutely losing her mind because he is just like going to town. Yeah. And then just, yeah, can I fuck you? Just, and it's so good. Of course, he's just like got a giant dick because, because when do they not? They never have small dick. Has there ever been any of these where they haven't had a small dick? They have. Or when they have, have had a, a small dick. Yeah, they got to have a giant dick. And of course, she's very tight. Mm-hmm. So like, you just, you get a lot of that. Yeah. I will say the only thing I hated was like, as he's inside her, they have this like moment where they say hey to each other. And I'm like, why? I mean, it I've, totally took me away from the moment. I get that. I've seen that in a lot of like romance movies, though, which is again, where like this one technically like isn't necessarily the most, it, and it definitely isn't the most like smutty of things. It is more of like a romantic comedy than anything else. Like this would make like a great movie. Oh, like it's 100%. been done. It's been something like this similar has been, has been done before many, many times, but. And I've seen the, hey, 
Hey, like I've seen that. Just, I know it's it, awkward, it's but to me, yeah, and I'm like, especially when you have such a good like build up and you've got all this rain, and then all of a sudden it's just it's like, hey, my dick, my dick's saying, hey, yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. it completely took me out of the moment, mm-hmm. and then and then you feel like go right back into it, where he's like going back into the praise, and they're both like basically about to come, and I'm like, no. It's Oh, and that it's hundred percent just like I would not thrown over. Yeah. Oh, like hundred percent done. Oh, gone. I'm sorry about Feeling that. Gone. Yeah, I still really liked it. I think that again, it is. It was very well done. It was just like it is a slow burn. It is not near the spiciest thing we're ever going to read on this podcast for sure. This, God, is, I this hope is not. I know this is very much the 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 coldest <laughs> and it, like you said in the beginning it's a very cutesy story it's adorable they're like rumpy and sunshine mm-hmm. we're cute you know it, it's pink and roses and glitter and you know it, the spice is good the spice is very good it's written well the yeah. tension's good it's super funny it's just I not that, enough i think that me. because of the tension that's built up throughout the entire book when you finally get there like the sex was more satisfying for me at that point where like how it was described with like the praise stuff and like again it really meshed with who their characters were yeah and the patience he still had for her but at the same it's time being totally well like written. barely restraining himself oh yeah the fact that he's wanted her for so long and had no clue this would ever happen the phrase is great yeah the phrase is fantastic and that's why that hey hey thing i was like yeah but even though like in the bonus chapter like from his perspective like you do see that he still doesn't like he, he cannot accept that it's still happening i i knew that from the fact that you texted me was just like i wish we could have gotten his perspective which that's a key note for those who love having the perspective from both the fmc and the love interest this is all from all those perspective yeah there's no dual perspective so that's one of the things if you like having the inside peek into what the love interest is thinking you're not going to get this until the bonus chapter at the very end if you get i don't know if it's in the electronic copy but in the paper copies that we have it's at the very end so as the wrap-up how this this story ends is that Shock and awe. She recorded the entire conversation oh, with Tom. Okay, which we find she knows. This was the point where it's towards the end of the book. And I'm like screaming at her because I'm like, she saw that she left her phone on mm-hmm. on record for like over an hour. It was like two hours or something like that after the presentation. And I was like, how did you not? immediately she's more focused on the emotional devastation that she's just felt from this person that she looked up to so like i wouldn't necessarily be thinking logically at that point either they're like oh i need to check the phone okay but like it depends on the situation but so i will give you that so i understand why immediately she didn't but after like she like kind of like wallows in bed basically they have the sexual encounter mm-hmm. tom leaves because he's got interviews Be- with harvard which is again gonna go with her yeah but again she doesn't think it's for her she thinks that he's going because of the work he's doing with Tom, right. which is fine. Mm-hmm. I wasn't mad about that. I was like, okay, that makes sense. But after that, like the next chapter, basically she wakes up and she's like, I got to get my shit together. Yep. So wouldn't you like immediately be like, oh my God, my phone was on record. Maybe I caught it and I can show this to someone. Yeah. Well, that is the thing. She does find it. And what she does is she ends up bringing it to, I mean, her friends come and find her on realizes everything that she's done for her and, yeah. and like true just amazing friend fashion is just like 
I hate that you felt you had to do that for me. Like, I'm not mad at you for doing it. I'm mad at myself that I made you feel like yeah. you have to like fake something instead of like, you know, me pressuring you to like whatever. So they're fine. There's no like anger there because a, a constant throughout the book was that Olive thought that Anne was going to be mad when she realized that she'd been lied to the entire time. And she shows them the recording. They go because, of course, the big the big news from the conference where everyone's been getting trashed is that now Malcolm and Holden are together and yes. enjoying and just fucking like nonstop. Cut uh, their book now. I know. I honestly, just want their. I get that perspective. That would just be. I love it that. would be incredible and so smutty. Because yeah. that amount of just like both of them are so high energy. I'm like, oh my I god. I feel like yes. I'd be worn out by the end of it, but I'd want to. I'd want to read the entire thing. Their They're relationship so- is adorable though when we get just like the their interaction so great is fantastic i would like a sequel with just their story it's it's so good so they take it to holden holden basically says kind of again set like gives away that he's only doing any of this for you but she's still like kind of takes up on it but doesn't pick up on it still it's it's a whole that, that annoying. basically here until she actually tells tom mm-hmm. from the point where we get like the uh, like the actual harassment yeah. point that she actually tells tom i'm just screaming at her yeah but so she ends up he's in his final interview at like a restaurant she shows up there with the recording tom uh, is also there is also there with all these people from harvard who are interviewing adam adam immediately sees her and she doesn't have to say a goddamn word gets up rushes over to her like what's wrong yeah like Oh my God, what, what can I do? Like, what are you doing here? Something terrible has, and, and she tells him, Tom tries to stop all that. Plays the recording. She plays the recording, and game. then in the end, Tom's fucked. So that's right. That, in that moment, though, we get the touch her and you die vibe. Oh, I love it. So I've been like, yes, I, I was thrilled when basically Adam like shoves Tom up against a wall and it is the best moment i love touch her and you die vibes and he was like don't come near her not say her name so in the end tom gets all the repercussions for his actions they are together and you get to see them a year out replicating their first kiss in the hallway which again is just super cute okay grumpy it's beautiful and i love it so it's very very sweet it is it's cute but again i would totally Again, I would reread this book when I just needed to like feel nice, happy joy joys. And I just I like these two characters and this world so much that it's just and they again, the humor is so fucking good. It's so like dry and funny and smart. I just I really enjoy it. Yeah, I think the the humor was great. The flirting was awesome. Like I said, the the grumpy in the sunshine. I love that like Olive loved pumpkin spice lattes. And oh, and he like thinks that they're strawberry. Oh, it's so good that they are just toxic or gaste. It's adorable. And all he drinks is just like, let me guess, black. The whole thing is cutesy. I don't see a problem with that. It's not a problem. It's a statement of fact. <laughs> and I am not a cutesy person. I'm aware. So I am wanting more. It just left me wanting more. Okay. I can accept that. That's fine. And I think the end dragged on a little bit for me. Uh, a t- I feel like it could have wrapped up a little bit sooner than it did. Yeah. But again, I thought that it was really good. And I would read something from Allie Hazelwood again in a heartbeat. Yep. Oh, Love on the Brain is the other one that she has. Yeah. And I think she has one more. Well, we'll make sure. So in the show notes, we'll make sure to put 
you know, Allie's information, making sure to put like where you can purchase the book. Uh, we'll list um her information, like you said. Yeah. Um, so we'll do author information, a link to the book. Yeah. So make sure to check out the show notes for any of the additional information regarding the author and this book and where to find it. But again, I really liked it. And it was uh, just meh for me. Well, that's fine. You can go and fuck yourself. That's fine. So rude. <laughs> I really love this one. It put me in a happy place when it, I... It was a happy book. Was... What's wrong with being happy? I don't Nothing. want to be happy. I want to be turned on. Well, okay. Accurate. But by with all the tension that got built up, I was, which was very weird since I was camping with my family. <laughs> so that was super awkward. I will say if... You're looking for something that's a beginner one. This does have a very cartoon, cutesy cover, so no one will know. Oh, yeah, reading chapter 16, what you're reading. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for our very first episode. Be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram, which we'll also link in the show notes. Yep, and then otherwise, make sure to check out the book. Again, I really like it, regardless of what Liz says. <laughs> and otherwise, make sure to keep it smutty. Keep it smutty. 